Thank you for joining in for this City Lights Church podcast. We're a new church in the north of Brisbane, and you can find out more about us at www.citylights.community. We hope that this podcast encourages you in your journey of following Jesus. Now today, I want to give you a message that will prepare you for whatever comes your way this year and also help you in terms of dealing with your past, whatever pain you may have from your past. As we enter the new year, I want you to think about what your expectations and what your hopes are for the year. If we were to ask this question, the most likely responses that we would get would be this. I'm believing that this year will be a year of happiness, will be a year of peace, a year of fulfillment, a year of great and loving relationships. These are the things that are important to so many people. And for us, one thing that I've noticed in people is people want these things, but the way that they pursue these things is usually a couple of ways. One of the ways is they look within themselves and they say, okay, well, to find these things, to find peace and happiness, I've got to look within myself. I've got to find myself. Sometimes that means getting a Harley. Sometimes that means going to deserted island. The other thing that people say when they're trying to find these things within themselves is I just need to be authentic to myself. And there's some merit in that, but sometimes that means people just doing whatever they feel to do. For other times, we try and find these things in others. If I can get that perfect relationship, then I will get the answer and be able to fulfill these things. For other people, we try and find this stuff in pleasure. They think if I can link a number of different pleasurable, enjoyable things together, then I'll be able to find peace and fulfillment and happiness. But for Christians, and what I want to talk about today, is we have another option. Our option to find happiness and peace and fulfillment and purpose and love is to go to our maker, to investigate our design, to go to our creator, and our designer. And I want to start by sharing this story, a profound story from Jesus. And in this situation, he's with a group of people that want to trick him. And I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where people want to trick you. And let's read from Luke 20, 19 to 25. It says, the teachers of the law and leading priests wanted to arrest Jesus at once, but because they knew the story was about them. But they were afraid of what the people would do. So they watched Jesus and sent some spies who acted as if they were sincere. They wanted to trap Jesus in saying something wrong so they could hand him over to the authority and power of the governor. So the spies asked Jesus, Teacher, we know what you say and teach is true. You pay no attention to who people are, and you always teach the truth about God's way. Tell us, is it right for us to pay taxes to Caesar or not? But Jesus, knowing they were trying to trick him, said, Show me a coin whose image and name is on it. 
They said, Caesar's. And Jesus said to them, Then give to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and give to God the things that are God's. And in this passage, there's this striking question. Jesus holds up this coin and he says, Whose image is on it? And the first thing that I want to say today is that you and I, we were made in the image of God. Genesis 1.27 says, So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. This coin at that time, it was imprinted by a mould but it was also handcrafted. And that's a bit of picture of us as humanity. humanity. We are imprinted with this mould, this general mould, but we are also individually crafted. And the thing about an image is an image defines who it belongs to. An image defines its purpose and an image defines its use. And so you and I, we were created in the image of God. Now, unfortunately, this image has been broken and damaged. The first thing is the wear and tear of life. You know, no one decides to be broken or damaged, to be burnt, to be betrayed, to be hurt. Neither do we decide intentionally to hurt others or impact others negatively with our lives or to break or lose relationships, but these things happen in the wear and tear of life. That's the first issue. The second issue is that often we're too easily impressed and too easily depressed. This image that we start with of God is we are too easily, we too easily allow that image to be impressed upon by others. We're attracted to the wrong things. We see the things around us and we want things and we allow others to influence us in ways that are damaging to the image that God has created within us. We allow these things to mark us, to define us, who we are, our purpose, what we're here for. We're also too easily depressed. If we're honest, and I'm included in this, that we too easily allow our circumstance to define us, our circumstance to impact deep within who we are. It's too easy to look in the mirror and be unhappy with ourselves, to allow what we see, our imperfections, to define us, to look at our body image, to look at our bank balance, our conflict and our mess, and be depressed with the image that we see. And at the beginning of this year, I want to say that your peace and your happiness and fulfillment are not found in yourself, in others, or your experiences, but they are found in you being restored to the image of your design, the image that God created you to be. So here's the next question. What is this image that we are created and made into. In 1 John 4, 7 to 12, there's this 
amazing passage about the image of God, about who God is and how he has created us in his image. John says this, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. Think about that statement, God is love. I'm going to unpack that in a second. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent us his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for us. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. Now this statement, God is love, this is our starting point for understanding God and the image of which we are created to. Here's what I want to say. God didn't invent love. He is love. This is the mystery of the Trinity, of God the Father, Son, and Spirit. God didn't invent community. He is community. He is three persons within in one. This is the only way that we can say that God is love. He wasn't a single and solo being who just said, hey, I'm, I'm going to create this great idea of love. He actually is love. He pre-existed creation. Love and community pre-exists creation. And so if God is love, this explains so much of who we are and what we must restore ourselves to this image. And here's what I want to say. You are created by love, for love, and to love. With me right now, wherever you are, wherever you're watching or listening, I want you to say these words. I am created by love, for love, and to love. This is the foundational understanding of the image of God and how he's created us and what he invites us to be restored to. Now, I've got two questions for you to help you understand this thought. And the first question is, what's stopping you from receiving love? Verse 10 of that passage says, This is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us. And the first thing that we must do to come back to the image that we were created into is to learn how to receive love. And so my question to you is, what's stopping you from receiving love? Take a moment. Ask the Holy Spirit. Take a couple of seconds right now. What's stopping you? I don't know, for some of you it might be hurt or disappointment or family history or betrayal or unforgiveness. For others of you, you don't think that you're good enough. Maybe it's some of the things in your past, some of the mistakes that you've made, some of the things that are going on in your life right now. Maybe when you look at yourself in the mirror, you compare yourself to others and you don't think that you're good enough and therefore are not worthy of receiving love. But here's what I want to say, that God's love is unconditional. It's only by grace, only by faith, 
not by how good we are. And this is such, such good news. It's only when you learn how to receive love from God that you can begin to allow this image of God to form within you and reform and restore within you. But it's only, it's the only way that you can learn to receive love from others. Now, in our community, I know that there are so many of us at so many times that we struggle to receive the love that our friends and family and partners are trying to give us. And coming back and understanding that our primary job is to receive the love of God, that is an amazing starting point. So the first question, what's stopping you from receiving love? That's the first question. The first statement is this, let love land. Create a space in your heart, even if you struggle with this, a little space. Start small and say, I'm going to allow the love of God to come into my life. I'm just going to create a little space. Let love land. That's my first statement. My second question in terms of restoring ourselves to the image of God is this one. What does love require of you? It's a brilliant question. It's not my own question. It's from a a pastor and preacher called Andy Stanley, and I absolutely love it. In verse 11 and 12, it says, Dear friends, since God so loved us, we ought to love one another. So when we receive love, that's our starting point. The next thing we've got to ask ourselves is, how do I live love? How do I let love loose? How do we do this? This changes everything. What if you approached your relationships? What if you approached the way that you think with this question, what does love require of me in terms of the way that I act, in terms of the way that I think, in terms of the way that I interact and talk? It is a powerful, powerful question. That's my second question. My second statement is this. Let love loose. This is how we are going to be restored into the image of God and who we were created to be by doing these things, by letting love land and letting love loose. So, two questions for your week and two encouragements. Can you remember what they are? What's stopping me from receiving love? And what does love require of me. What I'd love you to do at the end of this message in just a couple of minutes is text somebody and share with them which of those questions encouraged you or made you think the most. Which of these statements encourages you the most? Let love land or let love loose. I believe that if we can learn to receive and give the unconditional love of God will learn how to live that image and how to restore the image of God within us. And that is a powerful, powerful thing that will enable you to be strong enough to overcome any external circumstance and any hurt from your past. Let me pray for you really quickly. Jesus, we thank you for the love that you let loose upon us. And God, we want to remove every barrier from receiving that 
And we want to experience that love and learn what it is for others to receive love from us. And so we pray that you would help us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. You can find out more about City Lights Church at www.citylights.community.